And my name is Madi. I have the great privilege to serve my church. This is my church. And I and my husband and I get to serve together as he's not here right now in this room, but he is out there serving our volunteers for Res Kids. Come on, give it for our Res Kids. There's a lot of volunteers all around, and so they are leading them over there. And um, I have four children. We have four children. Their names are Joshua, Malaya, Mila, and Jeremiah. And they range from the ages of 5 to 12. Anybody? <laughs> right? I mean, like, what? That's so fun. I remember the baby, baby stages, and that's rough, right? That's not different. But then it keeps, it's, it's fun and it's exciting, but, you know, 5, 12, that's an extreme, exciting moment. And so I have been asked to give a word today, and it is honestly my honor to be here and to share a word with you. And I know we just prayed, but if you don't, if you don't mind, let me pray while we get into our word today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are already here, that you are already cultivating our hearts Father, I thank you that it is not my opinion, it is not what I think to be true, but Lord, that your word will come across into this room and touch each and every single one of us as we hear you, Lord. That we would leave here never the same, starting from me on this stage, back to the back of this room, that we would leave with a fresh word from you. We give you thanks, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you this time. In Jesus' name, we all said together. Amen. Okay, so I just said that I am married to Jesse Cabrera. And so I wanted to share a little bit about that because I think it works perfectly with this message. We got married on 7707. Do you guys remember that? When everyone and their mother was getting married on 7707. Do you guys remember that? I remember there was brides everywhere. And so that was a very good day for us to get married because every husband would not forget, correct? 7707 is very easy to remember. So I picked that date very specifically. And I remember as we were leading up to our wedding ceremony, we were doing all of the things that you do, right? You do your marital classes, right? And then you um, get your flowers and you lead everything up to your ceremony. And the ceremony is beautiful. It's something you always remember, good or bad, you're going to remember that day. But I remember it was such a beautiful day outside, and I remember our closest family. I remember our friends. I remember the photographer. I remember everything about that day. And then the next day happened. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you lead everything up to the ceremony, and it's really awesome and exciting, and then, like, you're for real married, right? And I remember Jesse and I, we were going to Bible school, and so instead of a honeymoon, my, my husband likes to say that he took me on a three-year honeymoon to Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not right. It's not right, but he did say that. And there we are uh, going into our apartment, and my mother-in-law, she brought us to our apartment, and we were doing our final touches, right, in our first apartment, second-hand sofa, second-hand entertainment. Like, all those things were in our apartment, and we were thankful because it was our own place, right? And then 
I remember she was like, it was July 21st, and she leaves. On July 22nd, Jesse and I go back into our apartment, and we plop onto our second-hand sofa, and we looked at each other, and we said, at the same time, no joke, we said, now what? <laughs> and that's what the title of my message is. Now what? Now I live with a boy. <laughs> like, I grew up with a lot of brothers, but now I live with just a boy. It was so, it's different to be married. And I think about this morning. How many of you were at church this morning? Come on, lift your hands up. Wasn't that such a powerful service? Oh, man, water baptisms were so awesome. Now, I think about that and how, like, that was a celebration, right? And, so, and some of us who got water baptized invited our friends and our families, right? And then maybe some of us went out to eat, and maybe we would just celebrate it today because it's a very special day. And it makes me think about when I got saved and I got water baptized here. And I remember in my mind, now what? Now what's What's next for my life? What, what is this journey with Jesus? I, I'm so happy I'm saved and I have the spirit living inside of me. But now, now what? And so I want to go to Acts 2, 38. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And this is a perfect passage to help us understand exactly what a believer does as they go on a journey with Jesus. Acts 2, 38, 47 says this. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. Does that sound a little familiar? Does that sound like a little bit like what happened this morning today? But then here is where I really want to spend my time. And they devoted themselves, they are the believers, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking of bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Come on, church. Come on. The reason I get excited about that is because I see here a little bit of what it's like to be a believer. 
Well, first, they start with the apostles' teaching. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like scripture, right? That sounds like getting into the word together as a believer. Maybe some podcasts and some good doctrinal teachings, right? Or maybe some of Pastor Dwayne's sermons. There you go. And then we got the fellowship, right? That's the second thing they did. And what did they do with fellowship? What does that mean? It means community, doing life together. See, when we get saved and when we get baptized, it doesn't stop there. That's not a means to an end. Actually, we have some work to do, right? We got to do community together, be with one another, helping and bringing each other up. Amen? And then there's a breaking of bread and prayers. And that to me is communion and in prayer saying, hey, you you need prayer? Well, I do need prayer. But do you need prayer? Can we pray for each other? Can we pray for one another? That is what a believer is. We are growing and praying for one another. And then it's attending together the temple courts. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like church to me, right? Coming together. Hey, you going to the 9.30? No, I'm going to the 11.30. Well, you should wake up early and go to the 9.30. Or are you going to Sunday night? Are you going to men's ministry, women's ministry? This is what the believer was doing together. And then the very last one is the breaking of bread in their homes. Doesn't that sound like tacos at someone's small group? Hallelujah. Anybody believe in the glory of tacos? Cilantro, cebolla, amen to that. I believe that anytime there's tacos anywhere, the glory of God descends. Anybody else? I believe in that. So salvation and being baptized is only the beginning of our journey with Jesus. So now what? Now what looks like developing my faith? That means I'm going to be put in some situations where I'm going to need to grow my faith. And, and what about being obedient to the Lord? Oh, he's called me to do this. He's actually given me a gift that is, I'm supposed to use in obedience to him. Oh, but it's so hard sometimes. But this is not for me. It's for, it's for him. And then there's walking in love. Anybody needed to learn to walk in love? Anybody? Walk in love because we live in this world that really doesn't know how to share love. But we, the believer, have Jesus who is love living on this inside of us. And if we're supposed to be followers of Jesus and if we're supposed to be Christians like Jesus, then we are to walk in love. That is what we're supposed to do. And then we have to lean on to the Holy Spirit. Man, God, you're telling me I can't lean on to my own understanding anymore? You're telling me I have to lean on to the Spirit of God? Maybe sometimes I feel like that's a stretch. Maybe sometimes I feel like, oh, Lord, that doesn't seem right. I don't want to talk to that person. They're going to think I'm weird. Anybody? But it's not about us. It's about him. And it's about those that he wants to win. And then learning how to pray. And I'm not talking about eloquent speech and like having this amazing, thou shall have amazing days of all my life. No, I'm talking about having conversation with the Lord. And as a believer, this is how we grow in our prayer time. Maybe it's in the small group. Maybe it's with our friends. Maybe it's in our homes by ourselves. This is now what we are to grow and learn in. And then there's the authority 
of the believer. Sorry, I didn't say that right. The authority of the believer. Saying, God, I know I have every weapon. Lord, I know that you are with me in every circumstance. That even when I'm afraid or even when I can't do it, you are with me, God. That is the authority of the believer. No matter what you're in, he is there with me. So now it's time for us as believers to grow in development. You know, pastor, I think, looked at my message notes earlier this morning. I really do believe it. Does anybody get that sometimes where he's like reading your mail, right? Because I have here on Romans 5, 3, and 4 where he's talking about endurance. I'm sorry. Let me take a drink real quick because I'm getting excited. He was talking about endurance in the struggle. What happens when you are enduring in the struggle? You're persevering. And what happens when you persevere? You build character and character building up in your hope. That is what we are called. Yes, things aren't always easy. When we got saved, I'm going to be honest with you. When I drove outside of my church, you know, traffic didn't just magically split for me so that I could go in through very easily. Anybody else have that? No. In fact, what I failed to tell you guys is that our married life, I learned a lot about my husband. Lord. I learned that he doesn't like to put his socks and his underwears in the basket. He likes to put it on the side of the basket. It was like a game for him, right? It was like on, on this side or it was a trail. I learned this about my husband. I learned a lot of things. Like the other thing that I learned about my husband is that he grew up in a home that the man was the provider. And so when he went home, he did nothing. And then he married me. I remember... I was making the one, the only tacos for dinner. The one, the only. This is where the glory of the Lord was supposed to descend. And then my husband had the nerve to say something to me. And it's okay. He knows about this. I'm cutting cilantro. I'm cutting cebolla. And there is a tortilla on the fire because that's, that's how we do it, authentic. You got to get that fire blazing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that tortilla goes on there. Ooh, and the little crispy sides. Okay, okay, it's just me. And then, and then so I had it on there, and I was cutting away. I was cutting away. And, and I said, honey, can you flip that for me real quick? And he's like, that's not my job. By the glory of God, I was able to put the knife down. <laughs> and, and I just, because maybe, maybe I heard wrong, right? You want to give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I heard wrong. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, and, and I put it down. I said, what? <laughs> and, and he said, that's not my job. <laughs> So then what I did next was, okay, I'm done making tacos. I'm not touching that tortilla that's already a flame. And I'm going to leave it there. Goodbye. I walked out of the kitchen, and I'm not kidding. He was having a struggle with himself. He was going back and forth. He's like, well, this isn't my job. This is her job. How is she just going to leave that? I don't want it to burn down the apartment. And I remember he was truly having that struggle. This is called married life. 
Now I can happily say that he flips tortillas. He learned, everyone. It's okay. It's okay. But what I'm saying is that when we get saved and then we, we actually live this life, it, it, it seems... It doesn't seem like what I thought it was. You mean that I'm saved and I'm repentant and I'm baptized and everything's not going to be easy for me? It's not going to be smooth sailing? There's going to be things I have to develop in myself? There's things that I have to discipline in myself? In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come up. That is our spirit. We have a new creation. We are a new spirit. So then Ephesians 4, 24 tells us this. To put off. Someone say put off. Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on. Someone say put on. Put on new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. See, this is where we need to renew our minds and put our flesh into subjection. That is work. Amen? That is discipline, development. You, you don't need to work at love, getting love from Jesus. You don't need to work at that. But there's something that's wanting to keep you away from walking this new life in the spirit, right? The flesh is of the, is of the world, but the spirit is a heavenly realm, right? And so the, the, the mind needs to be renewed. My flesh needs to be changed. Well, then let's see what Colossians 3, 7, 10 says. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurities, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these two once walked when you were living in them. But now, someone say now. Now, this is now what? Now you put them away. Do you hear that? You put them away. Not I'm saved, so now it's gone. Hallelujah, I'm living my life. No, it is you put them away. But the difference is, is my old man wanted to do what he wanted. I am now saved, and now I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. So now the Holy Spirit's telling me, don't be too quick to get angry. Don't watch that. Don't do that. Don't drink that. Don't smoke that. That is the difference between being a new creation, hallelujah, not being this old person anymore, but now walking in the spirit. And it keeps saying this, put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off, someone say put off. The old self with its practices and put on, someone say put on, the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We are to put off. And the, the thing about this is 
is that now the Spirit will help us. He's our counselor. He's our helper. He's there when we need him. He's there when we're in fear. He's there when we are in lack. Come on, God is a great provider. He's a great healer. He's a great restorer. You know how I know this? Because one day I was sick and he healed me. Come on, somebody. One day I was broke as a joke, but he prospered me. One day I was lost and I was not found, but I was restored in him. I was broken and now I'm restored in him. This is the God we serve. This is the God who lives on the inside of us, giving us power. Galatians 5, 16, 26 says this, but I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What does the flesh want you to do? All this. All this fleshy stuff. But the Spirit wants to do what? God stuff. I like that. I don't know who said it, but good stuff. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Oh, man, this caught my eye. Does anybody read the Bible and, like, you read it and you read it and then something catches you? Anybody have that experience? Well, I had that with this because I've read this before, and it says now the works of the flesh are evident, which means plain or obvious clearly seen and understood. See, before the Spirit, it wasn't evident. Before, in the flesh, when you didn't have the Spirit of God, you were just living your life, right? Doing what you wanted, seeing what you wanted, inhaling, drinking something, anything what you wanted, and you didn't feel really like you may have felt down, you may have felt, ugh, I don't like this. But it's something happens when you have the spirit living inside of you. Things become evident. It becomes obvious. Oh, man, I used to do that, but why do I feel different now? Oh, I used to say this, but now I, I, when I say it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel good in my heart. So those things that are evident are sexual immorality, impurity, sensualities, idolatry, sorceries, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things alike. That's a lot of things there. I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We are made righteous in Christ Jesus. What does this now what look like for us? It means that now we have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us. The reason why that's exciting is because that's in us. It's in us. I don't have to work for it. I just have to discover it. This is our new life. He gives us every benefit. He gives us everything we need, and some of us feel like, oh, all of a sudden I have this joy. You're discovering the joy of the Lord. All of a sudden, here in, in Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus. Anybody belong to Christ Jesus in this room? Come on, that's us. This is the believer. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. See, being baptized is not meant to just give us a ticket to heaven. It's not I'm saved, I'm new, and I, I've been baptized, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm good. I'm set. Actually, Matthew 6, 10 says, your kingdom come. Your will be on earth as it is in. You guys have my same pastor. <laughs> this is what we are to do as believers. We're not supposed to wait till we go to heaven to receive every benefit that we have. We have it already. We are living eternity now, and it's up to us to walk in step of that. Yes, we are living in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen? Yes, because he has come to give us life and life abundantly. Doesn't that sound like a good God? That he doesn't want us to do, get saved and all that and then just like live. This is, we're not supposed to just live. We are living abundantly. We are living far more than we could ever think or imagine or comprehend. You know what that makes me think about? It makes me think about anything I, Marisol Cabrera, can think in my mind about what God wants for me. He wants more. I could never imagine where he will take me, where he wants me. All I got to do is step in obedience to the call, step in obedience to what he's asking me to do. But I could never be like, oh, I see, Lord, you want me to do this because you want him to do this, this, and this. Because you want me to do this. But in hindsight, how many of you believe you look back to that thing that he stretched you in and you're like, Oh, oh yeah, I didn't see that one. I, I, I didn't see it that way. Because our earthly mind couldn't even comprehend or imagine his fullness for our own lives. He is the good father who wants more than, more than enough for us here on earth. He doesn't want us to wait to go to heaven to enjoy. He wants us to have it here. Someone say here. here. On earth. Amen. First Peter 4.2 says, As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Galatians 2.20 tells me, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is our good God. He gave himself so that I could live my best life. 
That's got to be a book or a movie or something. I don't know where I got that from. But this is now. Wanting to live my best life now. And then 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. For everyone loves the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in him. I'm going to say it again. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now what looks like this? My old man is dead. I am now in the spirit. And I'm walking in the spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I hope I got them all. This, this is what it looks like. And it also looks like this. A trial is about to happen and it's not fun. But Lord, if I endure this and if I persevere in this and if I build character in this, I will grow in you in this. Come on. If I see you, if I'm watching you, if my eyes are on you, if I'm focused on you, then I know that I will be blessed. I know that I'm in my obedience that you will show me, that you will grow me, that you will do something in me that I could never have done on my own with my flesh. This is who we are. We are people of God. I can't like get that more into you than I just want to. I think I'm just so passionate right now about it. That I just want you to understand that we don't have to live a mediocre life. We have fullness. We have the God of heaven who created all of the earth, all of the universe, everything, 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 everything you see, can touch, can smell, anything and everything. He made it all. And he loves me. And he loves you. And he wants the best for us. I'm going to tell you something. I got to wrap it up. I know, I know, I know. I got to wrap it up. My memo's there. When I think of this book... I think about what's going on in the world right now. And I think about how if this book was seen somewhere on the other parts of the world, you would get taken out, let's just say, because of this word. And we here have it in our face. We have it with us in our homes. And, and I just want us to understand how valuable, how important it is to be in your word, to understand it for yourself, because we are living in this corrupt world that wants to take you out, that wants to make you look like a fool. But the word of God tells us that we may look fools like to the world, but not to God. No, 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 no. This is what we are called to do. Those five things in, the, in Acts 2, as I'm finishing up here, tells us to the believer was in the apostles' teaching, number one. So they were in the word. They, they, they were listening to the podcast. They were listening to the sermons. They were filling themselves up with the word of God. And then they were in fellowship. You know what that looks like? It looks like when we leave here after this service and we hang out in the foyer there eating Krispy Kremes, I don't know, Rice Krispies, I don't know, all the things. One day we'll do tacos. 
I said that prophetically in the name of Jesus. And, and you know what I mean? So I'm saying in fellowship, hanging out, not just whipping out. And, you know, I know some of us got to go to work and stuff. I know we got kids and stuff. But fellowship is so important. They did this. They did this. They were showing us how to do church. And then the second thing, they were doing communion and prayer. What does that look like to me? They were taking communion, breaking of bread and prayer, I'm sorry. And they were taking communion, remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us. And why? And every benefit that now I have because of that. That is what communion is, to remember what Jesus did on the cross. And then prayer where my friends see that I'm in distress and they're like, Mari, let me pray for you. They won't know that if I'm not doing life with them. Same with you. You come in and we see you downcast and we get to pray with you. We have prayer partners up front and this is what we're here for. It's not just routine. It's not just something we do. It is the body of Christ that we come together as a body, as a church and lift one another, exhort one another, be there for one another, whatever it may be, don't do it alone. And then the fourth thing was attending church. I mean, you're here, so congratulations. You got one down. But going to church on a continual basis, it's not to just go to church and I got to go to church so I can check my box. No, because in church, you get to have opportunities to serve or you get opportunities to go into growth track and then you get to learn about yourself and then you get to learn your giftings and then you get to go into the discipleship class. And what does that look like? Oh, it teaches me how to be a disciple in Jesus Christ. That is what we do here. You got to understand that the church is not this beautiful, wonderful building. The church is the body. We, we's the church, not this place, but we get to come into this place and gather with one another and lift each other up, right? Amen? And then the very last one, which is my favorite, is that we get to go into someone else's house and break bread. Did you like how I said that? Someone else's house and we break bread into someone else's house. This is church and I'm not excluding all the other things, which means touching people at our grocery stores or touching people in our prison ministries or touching people in different in your, your jobs. It's, it's what you do with those five things. You get built up so that you can go and minister to the lost. This is what we're called for, to win souls and make disciples. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're in this place and you're like thinking, man, she was a lot. But I'm passionate, truly passionate about the word of God and about his truth and what he says about me, what he says about you. We have given the devil too much time to tell us who we are. But now is the time to stand up and say, I am a child of God. I belong to him and he belongs to me. And if you're in this place and maybe you've been coming or not coming, this is your first time, this is your third time, and you're thinking, man, I don't, I don't know what it's like to have that life, that church life, that fellowship life, or, you know, having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. 
Well, the time is now. And if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your time is now. Here in the house or you are online, the time is now. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait another day to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So on the count of three, if you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to lift your hands up high. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, Jesus is for me. Lift your hands up to the sky. I see your hand. 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 Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe you're in this place and you're saying, man, I haven't been really living this life the way the word of God has instructed me and has been showing me. And, and you know, I want to get back to Jesus. Rededicate my heart. Give my full self to him. If that is you, I want you to lift your hands on three. One, I'm rededicating. I'm coming back to you, God. Number two, three, I'm lifting my hands up and saying I'm coming back home. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hand over there, sir. Good job. I see your hand. Everyone look at me. We have some people that are ready to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. We have some people here that are rededicating their lives and saying, I'm coming back home to Jesus. This is what we're here for. This is why we are here. This is why we do this. And so let's all pray together. One hand in your heart, one hand up in the sky. And say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I believe in you, Father. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. And that you are now making a home in my heart. I receive you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen and amen. Thank you so much.